I'm Kate Daniels. Cancer is still such a chilling word to hear as a diagnosis, which we'll learn from a mom who had to hear that about her young daughter. Rindy Snyder will join us shortly. But first, we're going to hear from Anna Gottlieb, the founder and executive director of Cancer Pathways in Seattle. This is a big anniversary year, number 20, with a big celebration. So let's learn all about that. Anna Gottlieb, good morning. Thank you so greatly for being with us today. Thank you so much for having us. We really appreciate it. Well, there is probably nothing quite as important as having this conversation because, sadly, the fact is cancer touches each and every one of us. So this conversation is important to each and every one of us. It really is. And here you are with Cancer Pathways, now celebrating 20 years of being this beacon of hope and support in our community. And we are so fortunate for that. And this is, it is something to celebrate that it's grown and touched so many lives in such a positive way. We are really happy to be celebrating our 20th anniversary. We have a chance to look back, a chance to look forward and see all the things we've done and see all the many people we've been able to touch. We know we just got started and there's so much more work to do, but we're so grateful for what we've been able to do and all the people we've been able to work with. And of course, an anniversary is is a time to celebrate and we question, like, cancer, do we celebrate this? Well, conquering cancer and supporting families through it is what we're celebrating, right? We are. We're celebrating being able to have a place where people can come and feel safe at any age, any stage of their diagnosis, any cancer. And so there are so many, over the years, this has grown so many different ways that people are being helped. One of the big ones, I think, is with kids, because, you know, before we got into this conversation, you and I were talking about young children and infants being diagnosed with cancer and just how mind-boggling that is. How can that be? And here comes Cancer Pathways and has a way to work and do really positive things with these kids, right? It's true. We realized early on that there's We were looking at unmet needs in the cancer area, and kids and teens and young adults were really an area we thought we could focus on, and we have done that from birth all the way through high school, and we think it's important for families to have a place to go, for parents to get to know each other, to lean on each other, for young kids to be able to talk about cancer so they have tools going forward for the rest of their life. When you lose a parent when you're young or you're diagnosed with cancer, it has complications for the rest of your life. And we really want to help kids deal with that over the years. And one of the great ways in the summer that kids come together is something special called Camp Sparkle. It is an amazing program. We started with one summer camp. We now have five summer camps. And our camps are for kids who have been touched by cancer, whether their own, a parent, a sibling, whether they've lost a somebody to cancer that they love. Because we find that most kids, the ages are 5 to 12, most kids are just learning how to process it. They don't know how to talk about it. They have a lot of fears and a lot of questions questions 
and they immediately come to camp. And the first thing we do is a circle every morning, and we talk about who knows somebody with cancer, who has cancer in your family. And you can see their faces change because they feel, I'm not alone. You know, I'm not the only child that is facing this. And it makes a huge difference. Yes, no doubt there are friendships that develop there that probably go on for life. They do, and we have reunions, and parents get to be good friends. We had two little boys sitting next to each other this summer, and we were going around the circle, and uh, one boy said, I had cancer, and the other boy looks at him and said, I did too. And they start hugging, and they were inseparable for the week. (laughs) You can't help but just really have a big smile about that. I mean, it's a terrible disease, and yet here they are finding a bond through it all. Right. They do. And when they hear um, one of the kids talking about their parent who died, then they realize, oh, they had a parent, too. And they start talking about it and how hard it is. And and a lot of these kids tell us they've never talked about it before. They don't tell their friends in school because they don't want to be that kid. Mm -hmm. And so this is a place where they can really feel safe and talk about anything and realize that other people are going through this. That is a, a priceless experience that that's just it. It's priceless. And yeah. these camps, five of them through the summer, that's how it's grown. So there's a real need. These are all free to the families, to the children coming there. Absolutely free. We provide meals. It's a day camp. We do the whole day. And it, it's a respite for their parents. It's kids who get to meet each other and do become friends for life. And it you can't put a price on it. There's just so much that comes out of these relationships that helps kids going forward in their lives. And that's what we want, building that foundation. So while there's the, been this real major, well, punch-in-the-gut kind of experience, still to be able to land back on your feet and go forward and live a good life, that's what we're aiming for. And we want to give them tools to help them when they're angry, when they're mad, when they're sad. We talk about all of that and try to give them something to take with them and so they can look back on how it's helped them. So it is a priceless experience. However, there is, of course, cost associated with it. But that's where we, the rest of us in the community, in the public, are able to participate and feel like we are part of the solution by being part of a great fundraiser that's coming up at the end of this week. That is correct. Our big fundraiser will be on October 16th. And I think it has a great name. It's so perfect. (laughs) It is. We called it Laugh Out Loud. Because we want to show cancer survivors living, enjoying their lives. And because we had to be virtual this year, we decided what do we need more in this day and age than a good laugh and a good way to hang out together and laugh. And we have six cancer survivors, three children, three adults who worked with a comic that we brought in and They loved it. They stand up and they tell jokes and they feel very confident and it's really enchanting. (laughs) Just the thought of it makes me chuckle. So I think the healing's already begun. It has. And (laughs) and when we taped it and we watched them on stage, we could tell this was so out of their comfort zone. But 
they all wanted to try it and they all loved it. I think we have some budding comics in our midst. (laughs) And, And to think of children getting up on stage and being a comic. Of course, sometimes, you know, we do know kids say the darndest things. They do, really. And they were just they were just so charming and laughing at their own jokes. And it, it was just so great to see these kids have gone through so much and to just let them let loose. It, it was so great for the families and for the kids. And yes, that is a, another part of it, to see that there still is laughter in the midst of going through such a, a life-threatening condition that, you know, each day is a new day. And as they say, laughter is the best medicine. It is. And if we can bring joy and laughter to them, we've done a good job. Yes, absolutely. And we're going to hear a little bit more in a little while from one of the parents of one of the little comics, which uh, let's look forward to that. But in the meantime, we we need to realize that we are part of the solution, really to make ourselves available to watch the event. It's virtual, so it makes it even that much easier in a way. Yes, we'd rather be in person, but in a way this takes away some of the hassles with driving somewhere and parking. Let's think of it that way, right? Or getting dressed up. (laughs) That too, yes. And so how do we take advantage and participate in this, Anna? Well, on our website, which is cancerpathways.org, you can get all the information you want. All of our programs that we do are free to the community. And As we always say, free is very expensive, and we do count on support from all over the city and every place where our services are. So it's so easy to go on and make a donation, whether it's $5, $50, $100,000. We're celebrating our 20th year, and we want to have way more than 20 more ahead of us. Yes, because taking that as a tangent 20 more ahead is because this cancer is not going away yet that is correct unfortunately and and aren't you finding that because of the pandemic there's a potential for there to be even more cases of cancer we have been very concerned with what we've seen over the last two years there's a very high uh percentage of people who have skipped their screenings, their mammograms, their pap smears, their colonoscopies, their skin checks, because it's very frightening to go into the hospital or to go into a doctor's office. We know that to have the best outcome of cancer, we need to find it early. And it's very concerning right now that people, the statistic out right now is that people have not gone to screenings for over 36 months. And we know that's not going to be good news. We're already seeing it. Cancers are developing. They're not being treated. There's even so many cases of people with cancer have not been able to get treatment. It's been postponed or it's been surgeries have been put off. And we're really concerned with what is happening right now. And because we haven't done screenings in such a long time, we know what the impact is going to be. Yes, So keeping that in mind, uh, saying that 20 more years, it's because there will be new cases. But 
at this stage, these young children we've been talking about, they will need ongoing support or at least want to reach out to that perhaps from time to time. And Cancer Pathways will be there with the programs to support them. We will for kids of all ages and adults. We have a wonderful prevention and risk reduction program where we go into the high schools. And we've been doing that now for about 15 years and we have talked to over 100,000 teenagers about vaping, smoking, skin cancer, lung cancer, all the cancers that really apply to teenagers. And we want to give that message to them. Prevention and risk reduction can be done. And these teenagers have really been listening to us. (laughs) That must be like the best feeling ever to know that that's being heard because of how important prevention is. It is true. And high school kids really don't want to talk about cancer, but we find during our presentations, which are very lively, kids really pay attention. They ask great questions. We've unfortunately had kids that have been diagnosed after our presentations have gone home and said, I think I need to see a doctor especially with boys with testicular cancer, which is that age group. We've had uh, teachers that have been diagnosed with skin cancer after they listened to our presentation. I think it's something we need to tell people over and over again. And high school is a great time to start thinking about your health. Yes, absolutely. And with the high school students, you also have a really wonderful opportunity for them to express themselves with the Cancer Unwrapped program. That program has really been eye-opening for us. We knew teenagers didn't want to talk, so we were hoping they would write. And we opened an essay contest many years ago, and we were just absolutely blown away by the number of essays we've gotten. We've gotten over 6,000 now. And they're teens that have had cancer, live in a household with a parent or have lost a parent. These essays are raw. They're real. And the families and the teens tell us it's probably for many of them the first time they've ever been able to have a conversation about it. And teens thank us. They say it's the first time anybody has listened to them. So we want to make these voices heard. About two years ago, we opened it up nationally and we now get essays from every state in this country. And they, uh, having had an opportunity to read some in the past, I am, I am blown away by how articulate and deeply emotional, you know, reaching way down inside themselves, these young people express themselves. And that in itself has its own healing aspect. It really does. It's opened a lot of dialogues in families. We hear from the parents of this contest. Most kids don't even tell their parents they've written because it's so personal until they win. And it's, it's amazing what parents will say. They had no idea these kids were thinking those things. And it just shows you once again, we look at people, we think everything's fine, and we have no idea what's really going on under the surface. Yes, exactly. And this is what Cancer Pathways does right here in our community. This, I'm going to say it's a tiny organization, but really carrying a big punch. Yes, we are. We look back after 20 years and we're amazed at what we've been able to get done. The new programs we started, 
the support groups that we're still running, the classes, everything. And we even go in the workplace now and talk to people about coming back to work after a cancer diagnosis. And we talk to employers and employees, and it's a very hard thing to do. And their communication is key to everything, and we really try to open up the communication channels. Because that, too, is so critical that, for the most part, if we've not had a personal encounter in some way with cancer, we we don't have a clue. And so that education is definitely critical in in the workplace, as you mentioned, in the high schools, and then and having the camps with the children. All these ways of carrying forth the message is going to, I think, help us to, again, in some way, conquer this awful disease. It certainly opens up dialogues that people really need. We really want to tackle the fear and the isolation the shame and the guilt people have about cancer, we'd like to remove all of that. Yes. And and hard as it is to to really grapple with that, that you mentioned the shame with it, but yes, there's been a stigma in the past and it does somewhat carry forward. But if we become more informed, certainly we can overcome that and and help in the healing process. That is a big part of what we'd like to accomplish is take the stigma out of cancer. Yes. And I'm, I dare say that you are definitely doing that. Take a look at doing this kind of great fundraising event, Laugh Out Loud. That's almost like laughing at cancer in the face. Right. <laughs> and I think we all need that. Yes, we need the laughter. And also just to take that stand like you know, we are definitely going to talk about this. We're going to find the spin on it to to find uh, how it can be humorous but and also realize it's serious. So here we're going to have this event coming up on Saturday on uh, October the 16th in the evening. So tell us again how we can register for this and be a part of funding to whatever degree. Every single dollar counts. It sure does. And our website is cancerpathways.org, and all the information is on there about the event and how to donate and how to do, you know, how to be involved. We always have a lot of volunteers that work with us. We have a wonderful board of directors. We're always looking for people. And we find involvement in Cancer Pathways has been a blessing for everybody. So this is uh, really so many ways to give, to be informed, have an education. And part of the education, I think, today, too, is as you share with us, Anna, about the different programs, is to take a look at ourselves and realize if we've skipped uh, some kind of an appointment or if we might have some niggling thought at the back of our minds that probably needs to get answered Take this opportunity and reach out and make that appointment. Absolutely. Don't hesitate. It is safe. You can ask about the safety features. People are happy to tell you what they're doing to mitigate everything. And it's time for everybody to go back and get their screenings. Yes, absolutely important. 
So get our screenings and then take part in this wonderful and fun event coming up on Saturday, Laugh Out Loud. We'll learn so much, I know, and then we'll also get that dose of good medicine. That laughter is going to do us so well for days and and months ahead. It is, and we want people to celebrate with us our 20 years. It's been a wonderful 20 years, and we've been fortunate to be able to reach so many people, and we want to keep going. I couldn't underscore that any greater. So, Anna Gottlieb, thank you for your vision and for your dedication to having Cancer Pathways continue to be and to grow. And thank you, of course, for being with us this morning. Thank you so much for having us. I appreciate the time, and I really welcome everybody to join us in any capacity they can. Absolutely. Now we have Rindy Snyder joining us to share her story about her amazing daughter, Jaina, who we can all meet by attending the virtual celebration, Laugh Out Loud. Rindy Snyder, good morning. Thank you so greatly for being with us and uh, sharing more of the story uh, for Cancer Pathways and Laugh Out Loud. Oh, it's my pleasure for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's my honor to share our story. And I'm grateful that you are willing to be so open and uh, share the story because, you know, it just really clutches my heart to think about a little child, a little girl being diagnosed with leukemia. So, Rindy, tell us, I I know that you had said uh, to me earlier that Jaina wasn't even four years old when she was diagnosed. So she was diagnosed May 3rd of 2019. Her daddy had just gotten back from a six-month deployment and had only been back for two and a half weeks before she was diagnosed. But she had all sorts of sicknesses and strange things going on. So she had a bump on her head that didn't go away after two weeks. You know, she'd bumped her head on the table, and two weeks later, it was still there. She slipped down a stair and was complaining that her ankle was hurting, and then it'd be fine, and then 30 minutes later, it'd be hurting again. And this went on for almost a week. And her lymph nodes started swelling up right before diagnosis. And dare I say, some issues with her private parts that caused some real concern for us. So we took her back to her doctor, who we were very comfortable and familiar with at that point. And she decided to run some blood tests and called us back later in the day and said that we needed to head to the pediatric ER as they were expecting us. However, I decided in my lovely mom-befuddled brain that it was nap time. So I asked, well, do we need to go right now or can we have nap time? And ended up letting her sleep in the car. And at that point in the day, this was the day before she was diagnosed, but she couldn't even walk anymore. The pain was so great in both of her legs that she she could only shuffle. She couldn't even pick her, her feet up to walk. We got to the hospital. They literally heard her name and took us straight back to her room. They got a blood draw, and they ended up having to give her some anti-anxiety medicine just to be able to get the needle in. My husband and I were thinking that it was just, you know, oh, we'll be here for a day, and then we'll be able to go home and carry out our plans for the weekend, which we were going to go up for my sister's gender reveal party in Colorado Springs that weekend. So he showed up after having to take care of all the pet stuff to get us ready for the weekend, and the nurses and I had decided that when he got there, they would take Jaina 
to their office to go do some shopping. And he and I would be there to talk with the oncologist and one of the nurses in the ER, and they would let us know what's going on. So my poor husband walks in and out walks our child screaming with a team of like three or four nurses. He's trying to figure out why her mommy was not stopping them. Finally clicked that this was arranged. This is something serious is going on. The doctor sat us down and said, we are pretty certain that your child has leukemia, which is a form of cancer. We'll know for certain in the next few hours, but we're pretty sure this is what it is. Hit us like a ton of bricks. You never think that your child is going to be the one who's diagnosed with cancer. And so you and your husband waited there while they went and ran the test? They knew that no matter what, she was going to have to stay overnight. And so they transferred us to the pediatric specialty care unit. And we thought they were going to be telling us that night. And so we waited and waited and waited. And we were up till about midnight. And finally, we asked one of the night nurses, we're like, is anybody going to come talk to us or should we just go to sleep? They're like, yeah, just get some sleep. They'll talk to you in the morning. And they came in the next morning and said, it's definitely, the term for it is acute lymphoblastic leukemia. And the way it was explained to us was one cell got really egomaniacal and decided that he needed to replicate itself millions and millions of times. And that's what was taking over in her bone marrow. So her bone marrow didn't have enough room to make the healthy cells. And the bone marrow was trying to expand her bone, especially her legs, from the inside out, which is what explains the bone pain and why she couldn't walk. So that day, May 3rd, she was put on a fentanyl drip just to be able to function. Later that day, they took her in for surgery. They placed her port. They did her first bone marrow aspirate, and they did her first lumbar puncture with chemo in her spine. And that part was brutal. But she fell asleep with me in her hospital bed. She finally had enough relief from the pain to actually sleep. So I snuck out out of her bed and just stood there looking at my tiny little Mm. 30-pound three-year-old in this giant bed, knowing that life's never going to be the same. I can't even imagine, really, how you could be there standing watching her and what that would feel like even though she's getting help. Our dear friend uh, worked at that hospital. So he came down to be with us while they were getting her ready for surgery. And I remember he's this big teddy bear of a guy, and I literally just stood there and leaned on him. I had no strength left for myself. It had all gone into my daughter, my child. And so he was able to hold me up in that moment and... That's a moment that I will never, ever forget. And I feel like it absolutely screams that nobody should ever have to do this alone. And that's absolutely what Cancer Pathways is about, is not letting anybody face cancer alone. So Jaina went through all that really horrific but necessary treatment. That was in May of 2019. From there, how long was that process, Rindy? Oh, my goodness. She just had her Freedom from Chemo Day July 8th of this year. July 8th, 2021 was her Freedom from Chemo Day. So over two years of Mm -hmm. treatments went on, in the midst of which you moved... From Albuquerque, New Mexico, all the way up here to Washington. 
while your child is this ill. Before my husband and my mom came and toured the hospitals here, and so she was fully aware that her daddy and her ama were checking out the best places for her to go. UNM in Albuquerque was phenomenal, and they literally saved our child's life. I will be forever grateful to them. But we also needed to make sure that we could trust whoever we were bringing her to with her life. And she knew that if we trusted them, that she could trust them. That's a lot of trust going around. Yeah, you're not left with much choice. They've gotten to the point where 90% of kids diagnosed with leukemia will not relapse in the five years after they're done with treatment. So this is quite a time to celebrate that the last treatment was July and... for healthy and happy and looking like a jack-o'-lantern because she's lost four teeth. And (laughs) you would never know that she wasn't just a normal six-year-old kid in first grade. And add to that the fact that Jaina has been selected to be one of the comedians at Laugh Out Loud, which is amazing. She's a hoot. She makes everybody smile whenever she opens her mouth. She's got the sass and the attitude and such a big heart. All of that combined together, I think, makes her a great, not just comedian, but a great advocate for Camp Sparkle and Cancer Pathways. I mean, I I couldn't be more proud of of what she's done. So we're asking everybody to be involved with the fundraising for all the great work because you were telling us, Rindy, how Cancer Pathways was very supportive and important in your journey as a family through all of these treatments. Absolutely. So we found out about Camp Sparkle this summer and we were done with online Camp Sparkle. A couple weeks later, she got to go to Camp Sparkle in person. And that was a game changer for her. I've never seen her so happy. Literally, her sparkle came back. That she'd been missing for two years because she's been going through chemo and she's been going through crazy treatments was back. And she was so happy and so full of joy that she was around people that understood what she was going through. And that, Rindy, I think is our invitation to everyone to attend on October 16th in the evening, laugh out loud, and support other children like Jaina in getting the support and love they need.